Hello, and welcome to Marysville Church of Christ. This Holy Week, we have a special series of lessons entitled Insurgency, in which we follow Jesus Christ from Jericho to Jerusalem, Gabbatha to Golgotha, and from the stone pavement to the Rolling Stone. This is Holy Week. Thank you for doing it with us. Today, we find ourselves about to go into the Garden of Gethsemane, about to lay with Christ as he prays his final prayers. We're about to watch the betrayal, arrest, trials, and tomorrow the crucifixion of Jesus Christ. But before we do any of that, I'd like us to consider a passage found in the Old Testament. Isaiah chapter 2. It will come about at the end of the time. The mountain of God's house will have become established at the head of the mountains, and it will lift up higher than all the rest. All the nations will stream to it. Many peoples will have come and said, Come on, and let us go up to God's mountain, to the house of Jacob's God, so he may instruct us in his ways, and we may walk in his paths. Because his instruction will go out, God's word from Jerusalem, and he will exercise authority among the nations and issue reproof to many people, and they will beat their swords into plows and their spears into pruning hooks, Nations will no longer carry swords against nations, and they will no more learn about battle. Jacob's household, come on, and let's walk by God's light. The coming glory of Jerusalem was anticipated for centuries in prophecies like this one. The arrival of the Messiah foretold and yet, when the kingdom of God arrived in the form of Jesus Christ, the world, the world was not ready. They were not ready for the upside-down kingdom that Christ came to establish. They were not ready for a kingdom not of this world. In Isaiah chapter 2, we see one of the distinguishing marks of this kingdom from swords to plowshares, from spears to pruning hooks. We see that it will conquer many nations, that many people will stream to the banner, and yet it won't be done by traditional means. It won't be conquered or found in the heat of battle. It won't be determined by conquest or by rule, but by something different, by Yahweh's light. See, Jesus taught this message of swords to plowshares from the beginning of his ministry on. All the way back in the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus taught the coming of the kingdom of God by the distinguishing mark of peace. You have heard it said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth, but I tell you, do not resist an evildoer. If someone slaps you on one cheek, give to him the other also. If they compel you to walk with them one mile, go 
another with them. If someone takes you to court for your tunic or your jacket, give them also your tunic. You have heard it said, love those who love you and hate your enemies. But I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. Jesus' message fulfilled Isaiah 2, the promise of the coming kingdom. But the world was not ready for it. Even his own followers weren't ready for it. In the Garden of Gethsemane in Matthew chapter 26, Jesus is being arrested by a large company of Roman soldiers and Jewish thugs. And Peter, in an act of defiance, pulls out his sword and strikes Malchus in the face and cuts off his ear. Jesus immediately rebukes Peter and puts the ear back on Malchus. And he says, all who live by the sword will die by it. Jesus was hoping Peter would beat his sword into a plow. But instead, he wielded the sword for God. Even in his trial for his life, Pilate, confronting Christ about his kingdom and the nature of his kinghood, Jesus says, my kingdom is not of this world. And then he gives a defining characteristic. He says to Pilate, you will know this because they won't fight for me. With violence. Jesus created a kingdom that took swords and made them plows. Jesus created a kingdom of peace, of, of non retaliation, of love, an enemy embracing, self sacrificial kind of love. But the world was not ready for it. The reason the world was not ready for it, the reason this world was not ready to hear of a kingdom that conquers through peace and overturns through love, that is exalted by its humility, that serves in order to rule. The world was not ready for it because the world could not fathom it. To the degree that one hates they can never understand love. To the degree that one hates, they cannot understand love. The world so influenced by hate only understands the currency of hate, violence and persecution and conquest and ruling and subjecting. But the kingdom of God functions on love, a currency of peace, of humility, of service, of generosity, and of self-sacrifice. To the degree that one hates, one cannot fathom love. It was for this reason that Satan thought he defeated Christ by putting him on the cross in Colossians 2. But it was that action that actually undid Satan. Satan could not understand a concept of victory by death and life through suffering. He could not understand the, the way that love could conquer. And so Satan relied on the tools of hate 
death, destruction, and pain. And the Jews, likewise, resorted to the methods of hate in the face of love. This Easter, I want to ask us a question. Are we going to be willing to embrace the countercultural, upside-down kingdom of Christ? Are we going to subdue the hate in our life and remove it so we can begin to fathom the kingdom of love? Will we be willing to beat our swords into plowshares? Will we be willing to understand and perform the methods of love? Come, Jacob's household, and let's walk by Yahweh's light. We've seen the light. Will we embrace it? Will it guide our path to the ways of peace and of love? God bless you, and go with God.